Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This six-part Working Scientist podcast series is sponsored by the University of Queensland. UQ research creates change right across the world every day. Hello and welcome back to Working Scientist. I'm Julie Gould. It's been quite some time since I've done this podcast and I'm so pleased to be back, especially because we're about to start a six-part series all about the postdoc. Now, the idea of this series is to answer some of the fundamental questions about the postdoc. So, Let's start at the beginning. What is a postdoc? Ryuki Hiodo is a postdoc at the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Association, or JAXA, in Japan. And he actually has quite a lot of trouble defining what a postdoc is, even though he is one. Just calling postdoc is a bit for me weird always. Even me, I always ask myself, what's postdoc actually? Because postdoc means a lot actually. Just saying postdoc doesn't mean one specific position. You have uh, many, many different kinds of contracts, but everyone is called postdoc if you are not get a position as a professor. So it's a bit confusing always. So if you meet some people from industry, the ordinary company, you cannot express yourself, I'm a postdoc, because they don't understand what it is. It is happening in Japan. So that's why I, I don't know how I can express myself in the ordinary like uh, society. <laughs> According to the National Postdoctoral Association 2014 Institutional Policy Report, the number of names for postdocs across institutions is 37. So postdocs aren't just postdocs. Postdocs are fellows or research associates or scholars or trainees or research fellows or postdoctoral associates or even postdoctoral scholar employees. The list goes on. The reason for this is a result of modern research culture, says Shirley Tileman, president of Princeton University and Emeritus Professor of Molecular Biology and Public Affairs. And she is someone who has been involved with and advocating for postdocs since the 1990s. So I think you have to look at incentives, right? The incentive for the principal investigator is to keep a postdoc um, who has now had four, five, six, seven years of additional training is, um, you know, has uh, a, a huge commitment at this point into your project, and you're able to have that person in your lab without having to compensate them as you would normally compensate someone who had had that many years of education and additional training. So this, 
the incentives for the principal investigator, who is the person who is usually at the end of the day paying the salary, is to keep the person as long as possible. Now, I'm, I'm, I don't want to imply that everyone thinks that way. There are many, many fine principal investigators, advisors, mentors who take very seriously the career progression of the postdocs who work for them. Um, but we would not be in the challenging position we're currently in if all of them were in that category. What Shirley is saying is that institutions are giving postdocs other names after they are no longer allowed to be a postdoc. Now, allowed to be is a bit of a tricky one there. In the US, the National Postdoctoral Association recommends that you could only be a postdoc for five years. This is really well-intentioned. The idea is that after five years, you're no longer a trainee postdoc, you are an independent research scientist, and you can become an employee with benefits at the institution. But this isn't always the reality of the situation. There may be very many uh, postdocs who are maybe getting a new title, but they're not getting those other benefits, like an increased salary and, and benefits, that, um, that were intended by this policy. Now, the fact that there are so many names for postdocs means that it's also difficult to tell whether you are a trainee or an employee. Gary McDowell, who's a consultant at Light Ola LLC, which is a consultancy that works to provide expertise for early career researchers and helps them affect change, thinks that you're basically what the institution needs you to be. There's a lot of finagling going on to, to try to um, convince people that they are one or the other, depending on who it suits. So people will argue that postdocs are trainees because there are postdocs paid off training grants, for example. And one of the things you find there is that university will say, well, these people are not our staff. They get funded by someone else. Their salary is paid by someone else. So they are trainees. They are not staff. And of course, this all often means that postdocs who get competitive fellowships end up losing things like childcare and healthcare benefits, which go along with being staff in the U.S., and so, of course, on a research grant, they are there as the staff. They are staffing the project. They're doing the work. But a research grant has no requirements that somebody be trained, that they get any training, that they get any professional development. Their job is to carry out the work. So there is somewhat more of a legal argument when they're on a fellowship. You know, again, this idea that they're on a training mechanism, you can see, okay, they are a trainee. But most postdocs in the U.S. are paid off, certainly NIH-funded ones, are paid from research project grants. And the split is about 85% of NIH postdocs are paid from research project grants, and 15 are on things like F awards, T awards, the, the training grants. And again, those can only go to citizens who are about a third of the postdoc workforce in biomedicine. Whichever way you turn, the postdoc is disadvantaged compared to the interest of the university. It's a trainee when it suits the university and their staff when it suits them too. Clearly, the situation is a little bit confusing. Now, when I don't understand something fully, I like to turn to metaphor. A postdoc is a scientist with training wheels. <laughs> it is a space where we can fumble, really start to flex our muscles in building out, you know, innovative experiments or subsystems, learn skills that we didn't necessarily get to beef up while we were in graduate school. And it, it really is just a place to make you well-rounded. So when you do go into either industry or academia, 
you are confident in your abilities to build out an experiment or to build out a lab or mini collaboration within your institution. That's what Jessica Esquivel, a postdoc at Fermilab, thinks a postdoc is. It reminds me of my eldest daughter, actually, who, when I started teaching her to ride a bicycle, did not want to have stabilizers. She flat out refused. She wanted them off. She just wanted to go to try. She knew she could do it. Well, we gave it a go. We took off the stabilizers and it didn't end well. She was only three. She was still very little. But what we did, we put them back on and we gave her some time to do some training. And this is exactly what Jessica means that a postdoc is. It is a time for training. It's training for what exactly? Some people, like Bill Mahoney, an associate dean for graduate students and postdocs at the University of Washington, believe that the postdoc should only be used for one purpose. The only thing that you absolutely need a postdoc for is to go on to a tenure-track faculty position. Meaning if you don't have that in your, in your resume, you won't get a tenure-track faculty position. But at least in the U.S., and numbers will vary depending on who does the survey, only about 20% of uh, PhD holders go on to a tenure-track faculty position. And again, that number will be a little bit different depending on your, what your field is, but broadly, say 20%, which means that the faculty tenure-track job is not the majority career outcome of a PhD. And so if students think about where they want to go, Um, while they're still completing their PhD and they say, you know, I absolutely do not want to be a faculty member, then they don't need a postdoc in their future. They could still pursue a postdoc fellowship with the goal of sort of getting more independence, of learning a separate skill set that they weren't able to develop as a graduate student with an eye towards, you know, in a two to three year window, jumping to a career in industry or public policy or outreach and education. But they are definitely valuable. Um, but they are only required for that one small subset of people. Now, there are those who use the postdoc very intentionally, like Bill Mahoney suggests, to train to move into an industry position, like Pearl Ryder, who is currently on her second postdoc at the Broad Institute in the US. In both of the postdocs that I have had, it has been explicitly a training position. So for my current position, we develop a training plan for each postdoc and It's made explicit because essentially, you know, postdocs don't get paid the same salary as research scientists. And so part of that, taking that pay cut is in return, getting training um, for it. And they have, um, in my postdoc position now, it's been really clear that it's a goal that we have a set amount of time, roughly 25 to 30% to develop skills and learn as part of the postdoc itself. And I think another component of this is that the work itself is by is very much training in that as we're as we're working on these projects, the skills that we learn, no doubt, um, through the mentorship of the people around us, the team that surrounds us, very much is going to contribute to my future career. The National Postdoctoral Association in the United States is pushing for postdocs to be more rounded individuals, to be trained to take on a career of their choice, says Barbara Natalizio, chair of the Board of Directors for the National Postdoctoral Association. 
at the National Postdoctoral Association, we define a postdoctoral scholar as an individual holding a doctoral degree who is engaged in a temporary period of mentored research and or scholarly training for the purpose of acquiring the professional skills needed to pursue a career path of his or her choosing. The key words here are temporary period. Temporary, says Keith McCauley, the Assistant Dean for Postdoctoral Affairs at NYU's Grossman School of Medicine. The postdoc is the only career step defined by a time rather than a, a proper job description. It should be approached as, as, a, as a time of growth and building your abilities, learning more about what, what you want to do for the rest of your career and why, and building a network to, to gain those opportunities so that when opportunities come, you're ready to take them. It's not a rest period. It's not a holding place. It's not a pause in your career. And it's not the end either. It's the very beginning. Uh, that's one of the things that excites me most is as difficult and overwhelming and frustrating as it can be to be a postdoc. I know that five years after you leave, you're going to be doing great things that, that you can't even envision now. It's a becoming. It's not not to be too scientific and it's a larval stage i was thinking of a grub it's it's you're not going to be a postdoc forever if you have to grow it's it's um it's a time of growth and change there's one more metaphor i'd like to share with you today about what a postdoc is and it comes from shirley tarman who coined this metaphor about 20 years ago and feels that it is even more apt today Postdocs were the metaphorical equivalent of, of passengers in an airplane who were circling LaGuardia Airport, which at the time, and probably still to this day, is one of the worst airports in America. And, um, and passengers were always finding themselves flying over LaGuardia and over and over and over, round in circles, um, because it was such a mismanaged airport. And, and as I thought about what postdocs were experiencing, they were experiencing essentially the same phenomenon, which is that they were um, longer and longer and longer in postdoctoral positions waiting for their turn to finally have a chance uh, to land a job. So over the coming few weeks, I will be exploring some of the challenges that postdocs might be having as they are circling over LaGuardia Airport to try and land that coveted position, wherever it might be. And of course, I'll be sharing advice from experts and postdocs on how to navigate this time of growth and change. In the second episode of this series, I'll be looking at what postdocs are like from around the world. So we will hear from Ryuki Hiodo again, as well as from an ex-postdoc in Austria, a journalist who writes about postdocs in India, and a researcher on postdocs in Africa. Because postdocs are not the same everywhere. Now, don't forget, you can always find out more about what Nature Careers team is up to on Facebook and on Twitter. And there's, of course, the website, www.nature.com forward slash careers. Thanks for listening. I'm Julie Gould. This six-part Working Scientist podcast series is sponsored by the University of Queensland. UQ Research creates change right across the world every day.